Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape if you just tuned in on 91.3 FM Studio 89.8, 90.9, 95.8 as well as www.vscfm.co.za out in the world wide web my name is Mohammed Fasil Peterson uh, I'll be with you for the next uh, hour and a half or so inshallah uh, in this the program Caravan Stunning for producer Fisher this evening and of course uh, it's a Tuesday evening uh, even though it's the month of Ramadan which means it's once again time for the program Relationships in Islam with uh, Sheikh uh, Ifaik Basadin joining us in studio again this evening, Alhamdulillah. And uh, once again, before we even uh, greet Sheikh, I want to say, uh, Sheikh, uh, we always appreciate Sheikh coming in, and particularly in the month of Ramadan. We know when it comes to this time of the year, specifically people who are uh, in uh, the, you know, the, 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 the ulama, so to speak, fraternity, they find it very hard to find time during the month of Ramadan because they're so busy. But once again, we say shukran to Sheikh for joining us. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Muhammad Fasih. Uh, obviously, Sheikh, uh, tonight uh, we will be uh, endeavouring. Obviously, we'll start off with the nasiha, and I think probably towards the end of the program, uh, I think there's about we'll be about thirty minutes, and we'll try and get through as many questions that have come through in the past, uh, in the last week, inshallah, mm-hmm. in, in actual fact. Uh, Sheikh, um, before before we, we 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 get into the nasiha itself, I mean, obviously, this is the month of Ramadan, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's a time where husbands and wives and uh, and and children and family they sit together. And uh, they break their fast together. Yes. Now, at perhaps at any other time of the year, mm-hmm. we don't see this happening. Yeah. Uh, the son is off in his room, watching game, playing games, and eating his food in front of his computer screen. The daughters watching TV. Mm-hmm. The mothers maybe sit in the kitchen with her TV uh, or her cell phone, and the father's doing something else and watching sports and having his plate of food. Mm-hmm. But during the month of Ramadan, it brings the family together. All right. Yeah. So what the, which would Imam say? That what would Imam say is this? Uh, what, what, how should we be utilizing this time? Not just in terms of connecting ourselves spiritually, but also in in terms of connecting ourselves, w- uh, reconnecting ourselves with our family. Mm-hmm. وحلل عقدة من لساني يفقهم قولي اللهم لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته محمد فسيخ and uh, listeners out you know I'm going to throw this like this in you know we used to speaking Afrikaans in this particular program <laughs> but uh, I'm going to throw it both sides inshallah uh, so that I uh, don't lose the touch you know <laughs> they, should, <laughs> they should say, would have shown me now you know to go back to Afrikaans instead of staying in English but Alhamdulillah uh, Muhammad Fasih I think it is uh, it's, uh, it's important for us to realize that this month of Ramadan is a month um, of retainment it's a it's a month that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us you know if you look at the verse of the Holy Quran that is has been mentioned many a times um, throughout the month this verse will be read you know of and I think the emphasis is always placed on the word tattaqun, you know. Um, and I think, but uh, one has to dissect the, the verse itself and look where it comes from and have a little bit of a historical background on it also. And uh, just to see, you know, what uh, what happened uh, pertaining to this verse. Because Allah says, Ya amanu, so He speaks to those who are believers. You know, and when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to the believers, then it's important for us to realize that it's a certain group that Allah only speaks to here now specifically. But when Allah speaks, like it has been done previously, then it means to say we have to look at what happened previously, you know, and specifically then the Jews were the, Jews were the people that were the believers then, and they were the people that fasted, and according to some historians that, the Jews used to fast like uh, the three middle days of the month and so on. So whatever the case may have been, but it was compulsory on them to because the word kutiba, right? The word kutiba refers specifically to law. It doesn't mean it's written. You know, it's or you can say it's a written law specifically. So it's not like like it's been prescribed to us. 
It wasn't a prescription that Allah has given to us. It is actually that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it law incumbent on us to, to perform that fast. But like those people who've done it previously, now the word particularly here refers to min qablikum in order so that you can gain restraintment and specifically become of those people who are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The word taqwa comes from the word wiqaya. Wiqaya means actually to, to protect. You know, so you protect yourself from certain things where it is now. These things that is particularly against the rule of Islam and specifically that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, are not happy with and so on. Then you you try to, to, to utilize that particular sense of yourself in order to protect yourself. And this is why Allah says, Ya but Allah also mentions ayyama ma'dudat. Now the word ayyama ma'dudat refers to a few specific, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, in fact it doesn't refer to 30 days. It, it refers to a few days only. It's minimal days specifically, ayyama ma'dudat. You know, and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described to us that it wasn't a, a, a month that they were fasting then, it was only a few days that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has required from them to fast and so on. But they were the people, the Jews were the people that fasted then. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now telling us, you know, like those people who have fasted uh, previously, it is our duty also to fast. The voice of Imam Faik Pastin, this is the program, uh, uh, the relationships in Islam. And uh, this evening, obviously, we will be taking your questions a little bit later, I think towards uh, just after uh, 10 o'clock, inshallah, we will start with the questions. But uh, we are going to ask not for, for, for anyone not to send any messages in tonight because we've got quite a few questions, I think, from last week, and I don't think we'll be able to get through all of them this time around, inshallah. But for now, we take a break. When we come back, we will continue. Stay tuned. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Indeed, it's 91.3 FM. This is the Voice of the Cape, and uh, we're coming to you live also on 89.8 and 90.9, as well as 95.8 FM in the Boland. This evening, we have Imam Faik Bastin sitting with us, and uh, of course, the topic is relationships in Islam, as it always is. And uh, we go back now to Sheikh Fudi Nasiha, inshallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Yes, uh, Muhammad Fasih, as we mentioned that uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Ya waladhina amanu kutiba alaykum siyam kama kutiba ala alladhina man qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon The emphasis has been placed on the word taqwa, you know, which uh, particularly means uh, uh, um, protect, you know, to protect yourself or, or be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These different interpretations on this. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions and he says, uh, he says that taqwa is within the heart, you know, in your heart. So in other words, it's a month of training the heart. Um, how to how to restrain oneself from desires and these type of things, you know. How to protect yourself from um, overstepping the, the boundaries of desire and specifically when it comes to the natural things, you know, eating and drinking and and, and, and being with your family and doing all types of things, whether it is business and so on. For one needs to restrain oneself and particularly protect oneself from going over the boundaries uh, and specifically which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically mentioned here. So fasting, specific, if it, we talk about that, then it, uh, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used this month. But you know, the beauty of all is Allah speaks here about that particular fasting, but Allah don't speak about the month of Ramadan. Allah don't speak about the days of that we are in now. He speaks about those people who fasted previously, you know, and he mentions they were people that fasted then. So with this verse doesn't refer to Ramadan, because this was before Ramadan when this particular verse was revealed, you know. And so the people that fasted also they fasted before Ramadan, and Allah says ayyama ma'dudat, which was um, it was a few. That in fact, some of the ulama described this as to be. Uh, uh, you know, meaning that it is, uh, it is, uh, it is from nine 
at less than 10 days, which means from 9 uh, to 0. When you know this is the, the amount of days that was fasted um, then. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has particularly mentioned ayyama ma'dudat. So it was all less than 10 days that people used to fast in. And this ayah was also, uh, 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 does not particularly uh, refer to this type of fasting because the month of Ramadan is only mentioned once in the Holy Quran. It's only once that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to that. So Allah speaks about the type of fasting that people, the Jews, used to fast in then. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Sorry, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks, then He specifically mentions here that the shorter period of time that people used to fast. Now, if you are sick and you are a sufferer or you're on traveling and so on, Right? Then you then you can pay these two ta- two ways that a person can uh, um, uh, when you have faulted on the on the, the Ramadan of the under fasting specifically that you can rectify it. The one way is specifically you can pay the days in if you have missed it out. So if you missed out some of Ramadan, then you can pay it in, right? Uh, which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala if a man kana minkum maridan or ala safarin faiddatu min ayamin ukhar. Faiddatu min ayamin ukhar, referring to that you can pay it in afterwards, right? Or you can give, you can feed a poor person, right? So the two ways that Allah is also giving you. So those people were instructed to to fast. They fasted less than ten days, and also. If there were days that they couldn't fast, then it's either they pay it in or they specifically feed a, p- a poor person. Now, there's nothing wrong in feeding the poor person if the choice is to make the, to feed the poor person. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes, specifically um, speaks about then. But then after this verse, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes and refers to what we are doing. Because if we speak about fasting, we speak about Ramadan, the Easter is what also done. This is course Muhammad Sheikh also done. As part of Ramadan, I pray to us either from Bukhati, you know, then because no from Bukhati, then we all day, because we are going to cosplay, and when you when she was out food all day, then you know, but because we book a meal and so on. But this is the way, the normal way that we particularly think about fasting, because the first thing that comes to mind is also without food you know and yet this hadith of the Prophet when he says specifically that you know uh, fasting is not just to stay away from food and drink you know but the uh, greater and deeper particular message within fasting and that particular message is within taqwa you know, and, and that taqwa is that that one will always suppress one's desire and once a person has control over that then when Ramadan is complete as it class, then he has that particular control over his particular desire. Because why? He trained, he trained his heart. Because the taqwa sits within his heart. Now how does one train one's heart? You know, because um, we are intelligent people, you know, people that can think for ourselves. So as either we think about something or we feel about something. Something that you feel is something that is very difficult in order to get control, to gain control over. So one think about these things and when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you the intelligence of it, when it penetrates the heart, then we have to have to take control over that, you know. Don't let your desires take control over you, but you have to control take control over one's desire. And this is why Allah says particularly to us when he speaks about uh, But then he says also yusr. That Allah don't want to make things difficult for us. Well, you read to become an usher, you know. So it is important that we have to look at those things, you know. But the beauty of it is, at the end of this, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Shahru Ramadan alladhi unzila fil Qur'an. And this, I think, is an important factor when it comes specifically to the month of Ramadan. Allah says, don't say that Shahru Ramadan alladhi unzila uh, siyam, that Allah has sent the siyam. No, no, but Allah specifically means that Alladhi unzila fil Quran. That Ramadan is the month which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Quran. So if Ramadan is the month of the Quran, then it is means that we have to attach and align ourselves more towards the Quran and lean towards the Quran. Try to read the Quran more. Try to uh, sit in uh, um, in nasiha or, or lectures pertaining to uh, um, the Holy Quran. You know, try to get complete involvement in the Holy Quran because this is actually the actual month of the Holy Quran. 
Voice of Imam Faik Basadin. This is a program of relationships in Islam. This evening, uh, we are obviously going to be taking your questions after the news, after 10 o'clock, inshallah. But before we get there, we take a break and when we come back, we continue with our Nasiha. Stay tuned. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Welcome back uh, to Relationships in Islam with uh, Imam Faik Basadin. <coughs> and uh, of course, uh, we're still in the Nasiha segment of the program. Check before the break, speaking about the connotation between Ramadan and uh, Fasting and in the Ramadan and the Quran and focusing specifically on the Quran as we know the well the, the Quran was revealed in the month of Ramadan and subhanallah the ni'mah of Ramadan, the ni'mah of the Quran are things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted unto us to give us guidance, to enlighten mm. ourselves and to purify ourselves so yeah. that we can return to Him uh, with a renewed sense of purpose, subhanallah. Mm. Yes, Muhammad, it's, uh, it's important that we uh, reflect upon the Quran, you know, I mean, and if we look at it, you know, Allah has relationships with, with, with like we as families have relationships and brothers and sisters, husband and wife and friends and whoever else, you know, actually we have relationships with one another. Allah has a relationship with us as well, and we have a relationship with Allah Himself as well. In the same token, when Allah sends us um, any of His particular commands in order to, to carry out in this world, you know, whether it is puasa, whether it is uh, um, hajj, whether it is the salah, whatever it is, we have to carry it out in the in the constraints of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's decree. You know, whatever He has decreed decreed for us in order to to carry out, we have to stick to that ruling. Now, the siyam itself, you know, that word kutiba, like we have mentioned, it is a rule that Allah has placed on. And Allah specifically has mentioned that those were the people previously which were the Jews. And also when they particularly have uh, fasted, you know, and, and even they also made, Allah has mentioned in the Quran also, when they made salah also, they first made sujood and then particularly ruku, where Allah refers to us as warka'u or masjudud, you know. We first make ruku and then sujood. But they specifically have done first the sujood and then the ruku, you know. So if we look at also the, the, the type of ibadah that has been performed previously, then the historical background is a fact that we, uh, um, we have received the command from Allah in the way that we have it today because of pre- previous injunctions, you know, and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has, has commanded others uh, in order to, uh, um, to perform these ibadah. Now, if we look at at the at, at the the fasting, you know, Allah describes first about the history of the fasting and how and where it comes from, and how those people used to fast. You know, the three days that we mentioned, the middle days, and also, but the the thing about it is that they, they used to fast, but they never had taqwa. They never had the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, specifically this restraintment, you know, uh, um, about uh, the issue of fasting. But they fasted, you know, and this is also a lesson for us, you know. If we do fasting and we don't specifically sacrifice the normal things of life, you know, then what happens? It, 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 then it is as if you haven't fasted because Allah specifically uh, describes that is taqwa. And taqwa means that, you know, you protect yourself from the normal things, you know, whether it is watching TV, whether it is particularly the, going to the movies and do things that you socially do. Other times, these are the things that you have to con- you have to restrain yourself. You know, you have to keep it short. In other words, don't indulge in it at all. So, if we are people that particularly, you know, and I think, I, and and with all due respect, you know, sometimes in the month of Ramadan we have more time for social things than what we have other times. You know, and this is why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, when He mentions uh, um, um, about the siyam. Then it also says specifically where they were concerned, uh, the Jews were concerned, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that if you are sick and you find yourself. So he's given us the ruling also how those people used to find, used to get themselves out of the, the problems that they used to find if they couldn't fast, you know. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them how to get out of it also. They can give either a fidya, you know, or they can pay the, uh, uh, the, the uh, look after a poor, you know, feed a poor person, or they can specifically fast the days in. And uh, if, you do, if you want to realize what is best for you. But in retrospect, and this also reflects to us, 
If we look at how we specifically doing fasting today, then also there are some of us that can fast. If we can't fast specifically for a day because we are ill or whatever the case, we have to pay it in. The females, they particularly when they have the haid uh, or this nifas or whatever the case, then it has to be paid in. You know what I'm saying? Those days can be paid in afterwards. If it is that we can't fast at all, these rulings, particularly, particularly how the Sharia rule us, uh, give it, uh, bring us the, the ruling forward as how and when you can pay or uh, a fidya or when do you specifically feed a poor person. But those are the things that referred to the previous fasting, which is in conjunction to the type of fasting that we will be doing. The, the ruling will come out there also as well. But when it refers to Shah Ramadan, Alladi Unzila Fil Quran, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a word here, Nas. And like we've mentioned that we have relationships with everybody. Everything has a relationship with one another. If we look at this and Allah says Nas, you know it is the the Quran has been sent in this month specifically as a guidance for mankind, not for the Muslims only. It is not only for us. So which means the the, the paradigm of, of the Quran itself now is is much greater than what we think it is because it's not only for us. The, the Ramadan month in itself now, which is referred to, does not only refer to us as Muslims because Allah says that Quran in this month of Ramadan, Allah is sent, and He doesn't say that the Quran that we have to fast here. The only name, uh, uh, the only uh, um, uh, uh, name of the month Ramadan is mentioned here, and Allah don't say here in this month that the the Siyam was revealed here. Allah says here that the Quran was revealed here. So, which means fasting is an it is something that has been added afterwards. It came into the principle of fasting into this month of Ramadan. But previous at the inception, when the Quran was revealed and this verse was revealed, it was all to do with Quran. And specifically, Hudalinas. And that it is a guidance for mankind. So we have a relationship with everybody. Family with, with one another. And this is the most beautiful time where people come together. But this is the teaching because Allah wants us to be conscious about our doings in this month and carry it out throughout you know, our life specifically. Don't keep these type of, 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 of things amongst ourselves while it is in the month of Ramadan. If one is going to be conscious of the Qur'an in this month and associate, imagine a father sits with his, and his wife and sits with all his children around the table and having their bukkah specifically and after the bukkah, then what do they, after tarawih and so on, they sit with the Qur'an. And maybe one verse of the Qur'an is being discussed among the, among the, amongst uh, the family. That is how Allah will draw people together. First of all, draw them close to Allah. Second of all, they will become closer to the Quran. And third of all, as a family unit, they will all be in conjunction with the Quran, inshallah. The voice of Imam Faik Bastin, this is the program uh, The Relationships in Islam. We Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Welcome back. It's 13 minutes after 10 on VOC and we're still with uh, Imam Faik Basadin this evening looking at relationships in Islam and uh, also we're looking at Siyam and uh, Tilawat of Quran. Mm -hmm. Tilawat of Quran is something that permeates throughout this month in the sense that uh, for the night of Tarawih, from, from, uh, for every night of Tarawih, from day to day we listen to recitation of the Quran and the Abu Khatam is completed throughout Cape Town, throughout South Africa, throughout the world SubhanAllah, even in the Haram of, uh, of uh, Makkah and Medina inshallah so uh, obviously the Quran plays a leading role however when we think about uh, the, the this, this month of Quran it doesn't just mean that because the Quran was revealed in this month that that is where the concentration of reading, the, the, the reflection of Qur'an, uh, the reflection on Qur'an and, and, and the meanings should mm. stay. Because when we think about spirituality in the month of, 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 of Ramadan, we, we are motivated because shaitan has changed, we, we're chained. So we are heightened in our, in our sense of spirituality. But after the month of Ramadan, we kind of pack that away because now we feel that mm. uh, there's no motivation. There's no, uh, you know, uh, fasting, subhanAllah. Muhammad yeah. yes, you know, I mean, this is, uh, this is what particularly is mentioned to us, that, you know, that uh, 
that shaitan is chained and so on. But uh, you, you still find that people are still indulging in certain things specifically. I mean, if you look at it, at, 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 um, um, some of our youth today and even some of our people today, what do we do with the excess time that we have? You know, but specifically when it comes to... Uh, uh, and normally we read Surah Yasin in the morning after Fajr or some people read Quran after, after Fajr. And, and if you look at the day, the way it's designed today also, I mean, you, from 6 o'clock onwards, past 6, we start fasting. After 6, we start fasting in, in, in the morning and, and tonight, uh, just before 6 o'clock, then we break fast again. So the day is very short. So what do we do with the excess time that we have? If we look at Allah says, Shah Ramadan, Alladhi Unjila Fil Quran. You know, and yes, specifically, Allah used certain words. He says it's It's a guidance for mankind, which means everybody else. It, you know, the Quran is not just a book. You know, it's a form of da'wah. It's a form of, it's a, it's, it's a form of recitation. It is a form specifically of uh, of ta'lim, specifically learning, and it's tadabbur. You know, it's to reflect upon the Quran, to look into the verses of the Quran. I mean, if it what. If we look at this 30, 29, 30 days that we're fasting, if we take one surah and try to, to memorize one surah or maybe a verse or two or three of a surah, you look at how it happens, you know, and specifically within this month. This is the type of sacrifices one needs to make. Man. And, you know, reading the Quran in abundance, you know, because having a connection with the Quran, some of us we can read and some of us can't. If we can't read, then this is the month in order to make the effort, in order to go and learn how to read. You know, the guidance that the Quran gives is what? You know, Allah says, well, Quran al-Hakim in Surah Yasin, He says the Quran is full of wisdom. So what is it? It's my responsibility to find out what is this wisdom? And He says, ذَلِكَ kitab la There is no doubt in this book. Now, what does it mean? You know, if I say there is no doubt in a book and so on, it is for me to find out whether there is or not. You see, it's not for me just to read it. So when Allah says, It's a guidance for those who are conscious and so on. Who are the people are conscious of what? You know, and this is what it refers to. The Quran refers directly to, in fact, the verses, Shahur Ramadan, it refers directly to the Quran. And Allah wants us, and in actual fact, what Allah is doing here, it is to keep us on our toes in order to remind us all the time, specifically pertaining to that which is the Holy Quran. So the Quran in itself, Right, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sinned in this month. And we find that in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the siyam as well. And the rulings of the siyam and those things as being particularly portrayed by the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, and he says, These type of things that comes out that when we make the, 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 the fasting, you know, uh, and and uh, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet also mentioned man Sama Ramadan, also people are uh, uh, particularly fasting the month of Ramadan, and they at the end of it, they specifically, uh, you know, join it up with the six days of Shawwal, then the Prophet says what is the value of it, the Prophet gives you value to that particular ibadah that you are also doing. So if we look at this month as a, whole, as a month of the Quran, then it is a month that we have to internalize our our position where the Quran is concerned. You know, not to just look at it. Look at the historical facts, particularly pertaining to the surah. You know, the different surahs. We have surahs like Surah Al-Kahf, particularly a surah that is that everybody knows. It, it, it speaks to us about the people of the cave, you know. What happened in that cave? How was it possible for those people to be preserved in that cave for, 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 for 309 years, in whatever the case may be, however long they were? You know, Allah speaks about the sun that rises up certain places and the angle of the cave itself, the dog that was in the cave, all of those things, you know. It sounds like a story, even the story of Nabi Yusuf, how he was with his brothers and how his brothers were with him and how his father particularly and the shock that his father had at the end of all of this, you know. When his father came to realize what actually really happened or who his son was near the son that they were, the other brothers said that it was killed by a, a lion. Yeah, all of a sudden this man becomes the king of of, of, of Egypt. He became the, the leader of, of, Egypt, of Egypt specifically. But if we look at it also, uh, uh, Muhammad Fasir, there are many things in the Quran 
that we can reflect upon, that we can uh, ponder on, and, and specifically that is a benefit us, for us in a daily, on a daily basis. I'll give you a simple example that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the surah of the Ma'udhatayn, meaning the surahs that pertains to those uh, of protection, you know, sometimes we always feel fear, we feel particularly mis- misguided or misled or whatever the case may be. Then what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refer to? He refers to the ma'udhatayn. What is that? It's qul a'udhu bi rabbil falaq and qul a'udhu bi rabbil nas. Those are the two surahs. You know, we read it maybe on a daily basis. But do we know what the purpose of it is? And the purpose of it, and I think I'm sure that most of our people, we know that those are the two surahs that we can read for protection. We feel uneasy in our home, we feel uneasy driving in our cars, whatever the... Read these surahs, you know, we have a challenge particularly and, and we have been challenged at work with certain particular tasks that we need to do. Read those surahs and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring relief particularly where that is concerned, inshallah. Voice of uh, Imam Faik Basadin and this is the program Relationships in Islam. When we come back, we will continue. Stay tuned. Je luistert naar de stem van die kaap op 91.3 en 95.8 FM Stereo. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back uh, to Relationships in Islam with uh, Imam Faik Basadin. And I think just before uh, we get to the questions, we'll continue and conclude with the nasiha for this evening. We've got a few more minutes, inshallah, uh, of this part of the program, Sheikh Faik Basadin. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa alayhi Yes, Muhammad Fasih, if we look at this, this particular verse when Allah speaks about Shah Ramadan, Alladi Unjila Fil Quran, Udalin Nasi Wabayanati Minaluda Wal Furqan. You know, and here Allah specifically also mentions the word of Furqan, which means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us also where we can, if we look for judgment, we're looking for, if for things specifically, you know, we have a problem, we need to look into the Quran in order to give us a solution for certain things, you will find it there. You know, uh, and, and, and we will particularly, uh, if we have to look in the Quran and the people that are studying the Quran, you know, um, when we look at Bayyanatim min al Huda, you know, they specifically we can differentiate between certain things, you know, and there are guidance that Allah will give to those, with, whether we are Muslim or not, the Quran is there to guide anybody. It doesn't mean that the Quran, when it was sent in the month of Ramadan, it was sent only for the Muslims. The Quran is there for everybody. And in actual fact, if you look at the way the Quran is speaking, it speaks in certain terms only to those who are believers. And there is certain terms that the Quran speaks widely in, in general particular perspective for everybody has, uh, has, to, has to listen to the Quran. Especially when Allah speaks about Ya Iwan Nas, when He speaks about the people in general. Which means that people need to know that, you know, the Qur'an is not a book that is specific to certain people only, you know. And this is what we as Muslims must also understand, you know, that the Qur'an, it is our responsibility to see that the Qur'an has been uh, presented to others. Actually, just on that point, um, again, like we say, some uh, this 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 idea in our community, and and I don't know where where this this idea came from, is that mm. people don't want to expose non-Muslims to the Qur'an. Mm-hmm. They will give them other kitabs and say, you know, you read this, read that. Uh, but um, they, they don't want to necessarily uh, have a, a non-Muslim look at the Quran mm-hmm. or, 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 exp- or give an explanation. Or, or say, you know what, here's a translation of the Quran, look yes. into it. Because uh, for some reason they feel because they're not allowed to touch the Quran, they're not allowed to engage with it, but they can give them some other books. What does Islam say about this? In specifically since Sheikh has also mentioned that the Quran is, is, is there for everyone, it's not just... Mm-hmm. For us who are Muslim. Mm. Yes, uh, Muhammad Fasih, if we look at it, you know, you get for, uh, an, 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 uh, in the educational field today, then I mean specifically you look at, there are non-Muslims that are studying Arabic as well. And they, as, 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 part of, uh, as part of a learning system that they particularly follow in, they're studying Arabic for whatever reason also. And they use the Quran in order to, because... The, the, they do the Nahu, the Sarf, and whatever they do specifically in order to read certain books in Arabic. Right? And within that certain books, they all, all related to s- certain issues pertaining to the Quran as well. So they will be getting into, in, 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 into contact with the Quran, irrespective of how we look at it. It doesn't mean that the Quran specifically, while it is in the book form here, no one else can touch the Quran, only but us as Muslims in the Quran. The Quran is it's pure within itself. 
You know, the Quran is pure within itself. The Mus'haf, the book in itself, the, the respect that we as Muslims, as believers, need to show to the Quran is to show that it is Kalamullah. If there are others, and I'm, I, I am, I'm pretty sure, and I've, in fact, I've heard specifically from a person himself who studied the Quran and yet is not a Muslim, but he's particularly studied the, 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 the Arabic language to such a degree that he needed to read into the Quran in order to up his particular position within the Arabic language, you know, so whether he wanted to do a thesis or something specifically in Quran, and then he had to read the Quran itself. So what do we, how does the law specifically the Sharia look at that particular person? Does the Sharia apply a rule to the non-Muslim towards the Quran? No, it doesn't. You know, and specifically why, the reason why is because He's not a Muslim, so if he wants to study the Quran, then he will be of those particularly that is ta'lim, you know, they, they, they learn to know the Quran within its linguistic form. Because he studies the Quran specifically not for any other reason, you know. Even though you get, uh, um, uh, I remember, you know, in, uh, one year that we did a course specifically and there was this particular lecture, he wasn't a Muslim, but he could read the Quran, even from memory. He read verses from the Quran from memory, and he could explain it to us, you know. And he was a sociologist, but, you know, so this is type of things that particularly get expounded when we look at the other side of it, you know. There are people on the outside and people on the inside. The people on the outside, when they look into and look at the Quran, they look at the Quran as a book of knowledge. And profound knowledge, and they respect that part of the Quran, you know. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given decree, particularly to Makkah and Medina, you know, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that from that specific year that Allah has, has decreed that uh, non Muslims are not allowed in order to enter into those two cities. But Allah has cleaned it up Himself, you see. But the Quran wasn't a restriction on that because Allah knew. And in fact, in Allah's infinite particular knowledge, He specifically has placed that dimension of, 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 of learning the Qur'an, you know, and wanting to know the Qur'an to everybody, you know. And, and, and if we look at Allah, says, Ya nas, rabbakum khalaqakum, you know. He says, O mankind, O you, O mankind, O worship Allah, rabbakum your creator now. Who are they? Who are those people that Allah speaks to? Allah spoke to those, spoke to those people who are not Muslim, who didn't accept the Quran yet, who didn't the, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now if someone wants to be proved by the Quran and is a person that can read Arabic, he can read the Quran, then he needs to read the Quran in order to prove to him that it's the kalam of it's the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what Allah speaks about Hudalin Nas. Hudalin Nas doesn't mean that there is a guidance in there, you know, Allah Fiyukha said, Jamal Daipachi Lupna, Jamal Daipachi Lupi, you know, and this is the way that you must be. Jamal Fifty Eight, Dahmuji Puasa, and Jamal Amaldi. But you get people that are, they, 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 they fasting every year, they fast, they fast Mondays and, 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 and Thursdays, they make salah every day and so on, but they can't speak properly to their own wives. They don't know how to treat their children. You know, that type of thing. So what's the use, you know? So the Quran is a, it's a complete guidance. We can't look at the Quran specifically from one perspe- perspective. We have to look at the Quran from an holistic perspective and try to derive the message from the Quran as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has disseminated to the, to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu The Prophet sallallahu when he came, and Allah says specifically, Quran. Um, do you people not ponder over the Quran? Now, does Allah refer there to the Muslims only? No. But it is for us as Muslims also to look at into the Quran. One, it is the one month that Allah has particularly given us in order to look at the Quran. And we must not completely con- concentrate on the, on the fasting only. Because if we look at it, we concentrate most of the time on the fasting every day instead of concentrating on the Quran. We give the Quran like, like a second position, but the first position that we need to give is actually to the Quran, and then we must think about it. Because if we have a true connection with the Quran and a relationship with the Quran, the fasting itself, it, bec- it just becomes another phenomenon because it is part of the Quran. It is particularly inscribed in the Quran that we have to, uh, we have to fast 
You're right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within his infinite mercy. Look what he said to what Sidna Maryam also said. She also said she was fasting. She fasted for three what for three days. Why did she fast for three? Because she didn't speak to people. Same with Sidna Zakaria. He also particularly fasted, which was Yahweh. He also he didn't speak to people, you know? And this was all expounded within the Quran and within Surah Maryam and the different ways that people have fasted and for different reasons. Why do we fast? And we fast for 30 days, you know. If you look at it particularly, people have uh, celebrations for their constitutions, right? They call it constitutional day and so on. What is our constitution? They have a one day or two day particularly for constitutions where they celebrate because it was a great constitution. When we look at the constitution of South Africa and so on, everyone wants to blow himself over about it because it's one of the best constitutions that you find in the world. Yet this loopholes. Yet it drains out, you know. But you look at the Quran, which is our constitution as Muslims. Allah didn't give us one day or two days. Allah has given us a month in order to reflect upon that particular constitution and to how to live that particular constitution. The Quran is a book that needs to be read. Not only read, but it needs to be read. And when we, when we talk about reading uh, Muhammad Fasir, we talk about the Quran and reading. Then it means to say the type of reading that we are we're talking about. Right? It's not the type of reading where we, we just read the lettering within the Quran. We le- read that with tadabbur, with tafakkur, you know. Reading it with concentration and trying to gain out of the Quran. Facts out of the Quran. Historical backgrounds out of the Quran. You know, how, how do we have to make... If you look at one of the longest verses in the Quran, is contracts. No, how to draw up a contract? When do we do, uh, 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 particularly draw up a contract? With what do we draw up a contract? What do we need when we have to draw up a contract? All of these things are to be found in the Quran, and this is why Allah has given this month when He says, "Undila fi al-Quran, mudallinas wa bayinati min al-huda wal furqan." And then only Allah says, "Faman shahida minkum shahra falyasum." Faman shahida minkum. If you have witnessed particularly that uh, the moon has been said, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said, you know, when you have seen the moon, then you have to fast. So yeah, Allah says, you have witnessed the month of Ramadan, then you have to fast. So now that the relationship of the Quran and the fasting comes in. But now the fasting is now uh, prescribed on the month of the Qur'an, not on the historical background we was previously mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has particularly spoken to us about when He said, uh, um, uh, when he said to us that uh, people were fasting for less than 10 days. So here, when the Qur'an speaks about the month of Ramadan, and He speaks about the Qur'an, and He speaks about the relationship of the siyam, of the fasting, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings the two together. In, in order for us to realize and see the beauty of what the Qur'an does to a fasting person. And what does fasting do to the person that has a connection with the Qur'an. So well, if, if we look at all of these things, uh, uh, Muhammad Fasir, then it is almost that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has planned this whole thing like this. It is that Allah has planned it like that, you know, in order for us to realize, to motivate us, you know, so that we can particularly, when the month of Ramadan is completed, you have this heart, that Allah is, you have trained this heart in order to read the Quran. We have trained this heart in order to go out and specifically have a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, have a relationship with the Quran, have a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fasting will become a natural relationship. We will particularly, you know, exhaust our energies into that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us as a benefit in our lives. So if we look at Ramadan as it is today for us, uh, Muhammad Fasir, and we look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, designed it, and Allah says to us, Allah has desired for us in order to have a life of ease without difficulty, you know. And do not particularly place difficulty upon yourself, you know. And specifically, sometimes we, um, uh, we unfortunately seems to um, 
to exhaust the avenues of that we feel that we what we feel you know is good for us and yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us warnings on certain things so when it comes to things of ease then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one of difficulty then Allah is the one that brings eases on that and when we find ourselves we have ease then we have to make use of the benefits which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us and Allah mentions just my last point oh Muhammad <coughs> Allah mentions وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيمٌ he says Oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and if my slave ask of me, right, Allah did not say that he must come to me. Allah says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tell him that I am near. And in Surah Qaf then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he's closer to, tell him, uh, tell my slave that I'm closer to him than his juggler vein. So this is the month of Quran, this is the month of Qiyam, of standing, of Salah. We have the time, we can make tahajjud salah, we can stand up and read Quran in the middle of the night and invoke Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to guide us and to lead us and specifically to assist us, you know, and to take us out of difficulty of this particular life and make things easy for us for the akhirat, inshaAllah. Amin, inshaAllah. Now, Sheikh, on that note, we're going to go for a break. When we come back, uh, we have two more segments and uh, I think we'll try and get to some of the questions that we received uh, last week, inshaAllah. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Relationships in Islam. And uh, yes, Sheikh, we just concluded the Nasiha a few moments ago. And now it's time for us to go into some of the messages that we uh, received last week. And uh, we'll try and at least tackle one or two. The time is a little short this evening. We do apologize for that. Well, Sheikh, uh, um, this one says, it's very, very simple. It says, Salam, uh, alhamdulillah, what a fantastic program, Sheikh. Where is the best place for a woman to make salah? In the masjid or at home? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. I think I'm not mistaken. I think we dealt with some something of this kind previously. You know, um, I think if we if we look at um, this type of question, where is the best for a woman to make salah? You know, I, I would suggest. I would say that. Uh, look, if the masjid has the facilities for uh, for the woman in order to make salah, then she she can she can go to masjid, you know, because the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, you know, to make salah in jamaah, you know, is twenty seven times better than making it uh, as uh, as a on its own on your own, and that is not with reference only to men, you know. So it was a general st- statement that the Prophet Sallallahu has made there, and which means that if a woman does go, it's, you know, it's one of the, the good and good things that she can do. It's the best thing that she can do. But providing that there are facilities and, you know, there is provision that has been made for women uh, at the masjid, you know, they're not walking into the same door and there's no particularly association where men and females are concerned, you know, all those type of things are taken in, 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 uh, in consideration. If it is that um, those things are in place, then I think it would be, it would be very good for a mother to go with the daughters and, uh, and the father to go with the sons to the masjid. You know, and especially when it comes to um, Maghrib and Aisha, and so specifically when everybody's like um, um, had their day behind their back and so on, and, they, and now you know you you particularly want to be you going before you're going to rest and retire for the night, then 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 go to the masjid, you know. So, but if it is, the facilities are not appropriate for for females, then a woman must stay at home. In the best place for her to make salah is at home. You see, so uh, it depends entirely up to the masjid whether it is be, uh, made convenient for a woman um, uh, to make salah there. And just to add on to that, Sheikh, also, would we also then look not only at the safety of the woman in terms of uh, at the masjid or, or, in, uh, or the facilities that are available for her, but can we also say that extends to the safety on the way to the masjid? Yes, that is also an important thing, Muhammad uh, uh, Fasih, but I wouldn't advise a woman singly to go to the masjid. I won't advise even even she even if she goes by car and she's somewhat safe on the on the road in order to go. I would I would suggest that a woman, you know, uh, being associated with some other women, you know, or maybe a um, a son or a, or a husband or someone that is a maharam for us to, to go to the masjid. 
not only for protection pay, pay, uh, purposes, but also for the, you know, to, to so that they won't be creating um, fitna, you know. Sometimes women are all on their own and then uh, the, she knows someone at the masjid and she speaks to this individual and then, you know, it creates fitna. So it's better for, uh, for the woman specifically, you know, to go with uh, associations when she goes to the masjid, inshallah. Inshallah. I mean, another one, Sheikh, uh, this one says, Salam Imam, my husband's mother gave me olive oil to use for my son that has a, a, a chest problem, it's, it seems like it's sitting here. Uh, is it fine to use because her pastor did pray over it? The pastor did pray over it. Uh, mm. Oh, uh, well, but Muhammad uh, Fasih, uh, uh, if it well, it's olive oil, so the olive oil is fine. You know, and, uh, there's nothing wrong with the olive oil. So whether the pastor prayed over the olive oil, it does not uh, contaminate the, the the olive oil. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I mean, it doesn't ma- it doesn't mean if someone prayed for you, as a man is sickly, as when lepiko is sick and so on, and you know, it doesn't mean that as they man who sick as that, so that can you know your pastor and come in now? Is neighbor maybe no pastor? Then I can and then I got no far no a bit of or something to that effect. There's nothing wrong if he comes in and he specifically wants to make a, a, a prayer. You give the man his due, you know. Uh, if it is that he's now going to say things that is contrary and. You know what I'm saying? Then it's a different story. I mean, you could particularly uh, um, say to him that, you know, we pray, we pray directly to God and so on. There's no association and so on. So, you know, but I mean, what in whichever way he believes and he wants to make a dua like in his way, so be it, you know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the judge to that particular dua and this, that pray. So even we, if we make uh, um, a dua, uh, we can make dua for those who are non-Muslim. You see, and uh, like we say, some people say uh, they make on banana, these type of, type of things. They want to patch over water or maybe over the olive oil. Is it, the, is it okay for the, for the Christian people to use? Yes, of course, you know, and they will question the very same thing, you know. But what is a prayer? A prayer is an intention of the heart of this particular individual, you know. He wants to ask the, one, the, the greater power in order to restore the person's health. So... I would say there is nothing wrong with the with the olive oil, uh, uh, Muhammad Fasir. Inshallah, Sheikh. Uh, so yeah, uh, by all means, uh, you can use the olive oil, inshallah. Yeah, you can use the olive oil. It's not contaminated. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, then the next one says here, uh, Salam, my family always be protected. Okay, no, this is this is a message uh, for mm-hmm. some other program. Uh, what which do I can we recite for increase in the rizik? Wassalamualaikum. Obviously, this is the question that comes up a lot. Mm. We know, especially now that t- times become tighter, mm. uh, people are, st- are struggling a little bit more. So, everyone's looking to increase sustenance and yeah. live a bit more kind of a comfortable life. Inshallah. Yeah. Look, uh, uh, Muhammad Fasir, you know, when it comes to rizik and so on, there's a lot of factors that particularly needs to be put into place and so on. And first of all, is it is the behavior of the person in the, the individual also, the type of behavior. Um, you know, if a person indulges in all things that is particularly totally against uh, uh, Sharia and so on, then, then, uh, then you know, you can't expect that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept your dua and, and you know, and your calling also because you're doing all kinds of things, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, against the rule of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, Allah will still provide for you. But you know, you're asking for increase of risk, and you know, there is dua that people, um, um, that some of the ulama advise, and that is, you know, Allahumma ya ghaniyun ya hamid, ya mubdi'u ya mu'id, ya rahim, ya wadud, aghnina bi halalik an haramik, wa bi ta'atik an ma'asiyatik, wa bi fadlik an man shiwak. You know, those, the, these type of, of duas that can be made in asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase your risk. You know, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ جَعَلَّهُ مَخْرَجًا You know, the person who is taqwa against wiqaya, you know, who protects himself from all kinds of vices, and specifically, you know, when it comes to the, the inner self, you know, that inner desires of people and so on. You know, and you say, وَمَا يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ جَعَلَّهُ Then um, you have this consciousness of Allah. And you try to, to, to mold the heart and the desire of oneself into the direction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, وَيَجْعَلَّهُ مَخْرَجًا وَيَرْزُقُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ 
So if you have that consciousness of Allah and you are taqwa, you are specifically a person that protects yourself from all kinds of difficulty and specifically, you know how we speak to one another, how we deal with one another, these type of things. You don't, you don't invite the anger of others, you know. You don't specifically invite things like, like, like um, bad omens that people would give, you know, bad things, saying bad things about you and so on. Uh, which falls sometimes as a dua also. So you keep yourself free from all of these things. And this is what wiqaya means, to protect oneself from the, the anticlimax, in other words. So what is Allah says? He says, وَمَيَّ then Allah will give you an avenue, an opening, you know, a direction in order to get out of your difficulty. Then say, And then Allah will sustain you without measure. So which means it just depends on us as individuals, the type of life that we live. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says also to us that, you know, with whatever, yeah, invoke Allah subhanahu means specifically a request from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fas'alillah when you ask you ask of no one but Allah when you seek for the for the for the help and the assistance of no one else but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is Allah wasta'inu Allah says see, uh, seek particularly the avenue but, uh, of, of, of relief from difficulty wasta'inu bisabri was salah you know, seek that avenue from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Go into that consciously and think that you want, you want Allah to assist you and, and assert your energies to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to relieve you from your difficulty. But Allah says, with patience, with perseverance, endurance, and then Allah says, and also with salah, which means also with salama. And now is the time of, of salah. You want rizq, you make salah, you stand up for tajud, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is the judge as to when and how one will achieve that particular rizq, inshallah. Inshallah, when we come back from this break, we will continue and be in our last segment. This is a program, Relationships in Islam. And the guest uh, this evening, as always, is Imam Faik Basidin. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to Relationships in Islam with uh, Sheikh Faik Pasadin. Last six minutes of the program and just before we conclude, uh, uh, we've got perhaps one more question that we want to deal with. This came through on the SMS line uh, last week. This one says, Assalamu alaikum, can you ask Imam, I would like to know if a woman who is married can marry another woman, uh, can, can marry another man. She is married, but she's not happy with the man she is currently married to. So this lady, she's saying that she is married. She's not happy with the person that she's married to. Can she go? Can she marry someone else? Muhammad Fasih, I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question that specifically, and, and I think uh, uh, if uh, it was also asked previously and so on, there are rulings particularly pertaining to these, um, these type of, of, of issues and so on. You know, when it comes to a man, then a man can just give a talaq and, and, he, can, and he can move on, and, you know, and he don't have to worry about um, whether the female, uh, um, you know, is, 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 uh, uh, has, a, has a say in it or not, you know, um, which is sometimes very unfair the way men specifically divorces their, their wives. Um, but if a, if a, if a, a husband um, does create that unhappiness uh, to a woman, to a wife and so on, does she have recourse for a fasakh? Yes, she does. She does have it as a complaint of unhappiness and she's not happy with this husband anymore. Um, she can specifically go to a hakim and apply for an annulment of the marriage, you know. Um, yes, there are one ways, the one way of doing it is applying for a fasakh. Right? Applying for a fasakh. And when she applies for the fasakh, then she needs to prove a case, you know. And, and when she does have a case, case against her husband, and he will appear, she will appear, and you know, it will be a hearing that specifically. And, and if it is that the fasakh is granted, then fin and that will be the end of, of the marriage, right? Because then it's default from the husband's side. But if it is, bec uh, um, she wants to get out and she does not have a recourse to a fasakh, you know, um, 
in simple terms, and she actually can buy herself out. Like we say, buy herself out is she pay a mahar back to the husband, whatever the mahar was, you know, if it was. In, but in Cape Town, uh, it was a cheap story. I don't think that's the case anymore. No. Yeah, well, I suppose now and now it's maybe different and yes, so on. Yes, you know, yes. some females they they want big money. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you know, and uh, but she has to. But you know, that could be a problem for the one who is actually asked for a yeah. for a hajj or something like that how do you give it back you know yes, yes. Uh, you have to pay back all that money and whatever but if it is that also the the the, the wife does not have specifically um, a legitimate reason for a fasakh and so on you know then she can go to a hakim and she can apply for the annulment of a marriage and specifically then they instruct that particular type of way where she has to pay back a mahar uh, to her husband you know, and then she will be freed from that uh, from her husband it is it is not always that um, that this application um, is done easily you know because there must be also a good proof of reason why she wants to leave the husband you know because remember Sometimes there's children involved, and if there's ch- children involved, it has a repercussion on certain things and so on. So it's not just an e- easy thing to say that a, a wife, she can just leave a husband, inshallah. Inshallah. Well, Sheikh, I think, uh, fortunately, we've come to the end of this program. I want to say shukran to Sheikh once again for coming in and uh, sharing the beautiful Nasikha with us and also shedding, shedding some light on some of the questions mm-hmm. uh, that we've received this evening. We had a much shorter program due to, obviously, the Tarawih program. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, I think it's been fruitful. I want to say shukran and uh, all the best for the rest of the evening. Inshallah, shukran, Muhammad Fasih. And uh, well, of course, uh, it's uh, time for me to greet you as well. Uh, this evening, it's been a pleasure being in your company, and uh, we will ch- be chatting soon again. Inshallah, I mean, I think it will be on Saturday. Till then, I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.